for the podcast. What do you mean? Today we're talking with Anne-Marie Pollard and my voice needs to be perfect. <laughs> In case you don't know, she is an assistant professor of practice teaching, you know, voice, movement, and acting in the Johnny Carson School of Theater here at UNL. Um, she's an accomplished actor, singer, all of these things, but she also teaches voice lessons, both for singing, or maybe you just want to be a little bit better at talking. Oh, Lord well, knows that makes I sense. Be. Ah, it's really great. It's really interesting. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, coming up with different accents, learning where people are from based on their accents, uh, different vocal exercises, the importance of breathing. Truly, we become next level podcasters tonight let's hop into it let's do it who am i yeah who, who are you <laughs> no philosophical Very... questions here. <laughs> uh, i'm Anne marie pollard i'm a voice coach which means a wide variety of things uh but for my nine to five i come into the university and i teach the actors i'm kind of listed as the voice and movement coach so i help them with their bodies with their voice your voice is in your body, so they kind of are the same thing. And it also means breath coaching, it means breath management, it means speech, it means accents and dialects, anything that has to do with human communication in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. one of the reasons I came here to Nebraska is because we have an equity theater. So knit into my nine to five, as it were, is getting to work to with professional actors in the evenings. Usually, non-pandemic times, we have about four to five performances every year where we bring in actors from New York and Chicago and oh, wow. California, and I get to work with them, so it's great fun. And then, in my non-nine-to-five, <laughs> I get to run my own studio called Voice Realized, and there I work with anyone and everyone. <laughs> um, actors, lawyers, teachers, anybody who uses their voice, and that turns into um, people who like to sing for a hobby. It turns into people who are doing public speaking, CEOs. But it also is sometimes people who are having a hard time with something in their body or their voice. And um, the, the how, what, how should I say this? The, the things in between, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like if you, sometimes it's surprising. Someone will think, oh, I want to have more access to a certain range in my voice. And then mm -hmm. they discover it's, oh, actually what it is, is I have a hard time expressing myself with certain people, you know, these things uh -huh. are so psychologically combined that usually what people what people think when they come to work with me is not at all what we work on. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah Weird. That's interesting. I do try to keep their goal in mind. You know, I do try <laughs> to keep working towards that, but we yeah. find a lot of interesting things along the way. Yeah. That's really weird. What's the benefit of doing um, vocal coaching with like a teacher or a lawyer instead of like an actor? Oh, the benefit mm -hmm. for them or for me? I learn all sorts <laughs> of things. Um, both, I guess. <laughs> Uh, for teachers and lawyers, teachers use their voice all day. And not only 
is their job reliant on that? I mm-hmm. mean, they have to communicate. They don't have to. There's there's all sorts of ways to teach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the voice is so important. Also, in terms of K through 12 teaching, often teachers are the primary vocal model for their students. So if you think oh. about what voices you were listening to when you were a kid, mom, dad, maybe guy, you know, the, the person who raised you, caretaker, but then your teachers are the main people who you yeah. think of as like, what it's like to stand in front of a group and speak. And so that's hugely important. Mm-hmm. Lawyers, whoo, I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta persuade someone verbally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, a lot of times with lawyers, we think that it's all about the trial, it's all about you know talking to a jury or talking to a judge, but lawyers spend a lot of time sitting at a desk the way we are, right, right across from somebody, and have to relate to them and show empathy and or, and or convince someone to take a deal that maybe they don't want to, and to do that with their voice is definitely a skill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. What kind of stuff, uh, I guess, how do you get a lawyer to be better at that? Is it mostly, like, inflection, or what kind of things do you look for? Yeah, inflection, um, pace. Yeah, not to, like rat on lawyers. What happens with lawyers often, this is a wide, wide generalization, but often lawyers and lawyers in training, you know, lawyer, students of the law are really (laughs) smart, like sometimes too smart for their own good. And their brains move so fast Mm. and they just, they'll, they'll look at something and come to 90 conclusions about it before they've finished one sentence. Mm. And so they kind of, they start talking. (laughs) And sometimes you just need them to just take a breath and make one statement. And for a lot of lawyers, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I would imagine that that's true for other smart people, like, I don't know, engineers, podcasters. (laughs) Um, Do you have to be smart to be a podcaster? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be interested in a lot of things. True, true, true. Intellectually curious. (laughs) Um. That's, uh, I was writing a, a bad joke about how I'm stupid, but still a podcaster, but I'll save that for later. Um, how does that kind of differ with actors then and the whole performance side of things? How do those change as you're working with someone like that? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, you know, now I'm in this generalization. <laughs> yeah, mind. well, yeah, at least. Um, <laughs> not to say part. that actors are dumb. They're not. They're very <laughs> They're, um, they're human intelligent. They're emotionally intelligent. Actors often um, have a lot that they want to say, and it's usually deeply personal. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of actors, voice work is really just confidence work. Mm-hmm. I should say it's probably confidence work for lawyers too, right? To be able yeah. to say one thing and trust that they don't have to like show their whole smarts to yeah. everybody all the time. <laughs> but for actors, the the courage, like literally, to take heart and let their let their breath carry something that's deeply felt inside to the outside, and allow it to be loud and potentially take up a whole amphitheater um, mm-hmm. or more. Or allow it to be so um, felt in the room that it can make its way through a camera. Mm. That's that's a different mm. skill for sure. Mm. Yeah. Skill. It's more, you know, it's interesting. It's more about um, the sound than 
the words because actors are given the like they're given words that are weighty and full sometimes I guess <laughs> sometimes yeah. sometimes we get the you know D-rated movie that's like <laughs> and they gotta find something to do with it but you know the lawyers they they come up with the content on their own the teachers they come up with the content with mm-hmm. their own and the actors are filling it with mm. life and fullness and color gotcha um, so because you like work with teachers and stuff is part of that work to like how to save their voice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I oh. imagine they like talk so much that yeah. it could oh, wow. like kind of put a strain. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I did my, I did a lot of research mm-hmm. on vocal hygiene for teachers hmm. and when I was doing it, it was like this is what I should do for my whole life <laughs> because uh, so many teachers lose their voices. And, really? And there's a, there's a good number of teachers who end up, you know, shifting their career because of it. You know, if oh, you wow. go in to do, to teach for, after like, the, within the first five years, a lot of teachers end up moving on to a different career of some kind and Hmm. whether directly or indirectly a lot of times it's because of the voice really yeah and and the quality your quality of life goes way down when you wake up in the morning and like you sound like a frog you know yeah (laughs) um so I I studied that a lot and the the challenge is that teachers have so much on their plate and the learning how to be a teacher is really hard and then when you get out of school you have the first two, three years of teachings are, it's so hard. You're coming up with your content, you're Mm. figuring out how to run the classroom, like all of Mm. these things. And so taking care of your voice is like absolutely the last (laughs) thing that anybody cares about. Right. Um, and, and so vocal hygiene, when it comes to working with a teacher, it really is that it's like, are you getting sleep? Are you, are you drinking water? Are Mm -hmm. you taking care of this instrument that you have? That's, absolutely the most important thing yeah and then I want of course that they become the vocal model for the next generation (laughs) that's what I want but but, yeah ultimately it's about drinking water (laughs) that's super funny um maybe similar but do you work with like metal people like in someone in a metal band for example like screamo yeah 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 Yeah! I imagine that would be a lot of vocal hygiene. <laughs> a lot of vocal hygiene. True. I I don't work with metal singers as much as probably uh, some other singing teachers do. Yeah. Because I'm that, not a metal singer. Is it more specialized? I think so. But also, I think <laughs> I think people who can do that have vocal folds of steel. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's a little of little bit of natural selection there. Yeah. yeah honestly. <laughs> I, think, um, I think you can totally learn techniques and a lot of. S- s- teaching that has to do with hygiene and like making sure you can do it every night when you're on tour. Um, Last summer I taught this class, what did we call it? Acting through song. And I'm not going to name names, but Tegan, Tegan, Tegan was there. And uh, Tegan came in and she wanted to do musical theater, but Oh my gosh, she would she, she would like not sleep and then come to class and her voice was still like super strong <laughs> and she oh, could belt out anything and now she's doing some rock singing and she's really good at it and really? it, I do think that there I mean um, I love all the people who want to learn to sing, but I do think there's a little natural selection in the yeah. metal singer right. band situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was not gifted with that. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think anyone can be trained to be like a good singer or? Yes. Yeah. I do. Hmm. I'm an eternal optimist and a bit of a cheerleader. 
But I do think that that's true. I think that um, I, th- I have a visceral reaction whenever someone says I can't sing. I just, I think it's absolutely not true. Your speaking voice and your singing voice come from the same place, the same breath, mm-hmm. same vocal folds. And, and the way that you speak has pitch in it. Right. So we all have melody. So it's just a matter of mm. being able to hear whether you're singing what you think you're singing or not. And that is established, you know, when you're young. So I think a lot of people get to be, I don't know, between 18 and 30 and think, I can't sing because I, I didn't pick up that melody ability when I was young. But that just means you got to do it now. just mm-hmm. means you got to sit down and do your scales like all the people <laughs> did when they were 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Oh. You just do it when you're 25, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 30. Yeah. Totally. I have this lovely student right now who... Um, wants to be on Broadway so badly. <laughs> and, um, and when I first met this person, it was, it was hard to match pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's been a lot of work, but every time it's like a little bit better and a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I, I fully believe it. I haven't been proven wrong yet. Yeah. That is cool. Is it harder to learn as an adult compared to a kid? I think so. You should I do a podcast on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> maybe a whole different thing. So, what do they but. say? I, this is probably all inaccurate, and you'll have to cut it out. But the um, <laughs> they say that your synapses, the way that you remember something is that myelin forms around them, right? So, like, okay. when this synapse goes to... I'm using my hands, but when one <laughs> synapse goes to another, then... Uh, if it repeats and repeats and repeats, this myelin grows mm. around it. Um, and I think that when you're older, certain synapses have grown so strong that it's hard to it's hard to undo them in order to get to new ones. Like we get into these hmm. habits. Um, whereas like, you know, a baby's huh. brain, it's like anything. Yeah. Any synapse can lead to any <laughs> other synapse. And so mm-hmm. we have to kind of get remove ourselves from the ways we've gotten stuck into as adults. I think. Yeah. Um, how many people come to you with like almost no experience? Or how many people come to you and you're like, you can't sing? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a wide variety from the client's perspective. You know, mm. some will say, oh, I've never fair. sung before. And some will say, I've I've sung every day of my life and I've been in all the choirs and all of that. Yeah. I think that my first meeting with a client is always square one. I always think of it as square one. Um, and I've, I have worked with a few people who um, maybe have experienced like selective mutism or um, have chosen not to be very vocal for a while. But most of the people that I meet are using their voice on a daily basis, you know, to chat. Mm-hmm. And so I think... They're just as qualified as the next person. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good way to look at it. I think. That gives me hope that maybe someday I'll be on Broadway. <laughs> you could. If you turned around today, yeah. really hard. I mean, it would take some hours, but I believe in you. <laughs> I quit the DM. Go straight to the theater. Yeah. Um, so you work at Johnny Carson. You've had a lot of acting experience. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? About my acting experience? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. I, what should I tell you? I don't know. My first paid gig was when I was 16. Oh, wow. At Adventure Theater, which is in Maryland, outside of D.C. Whoa. I was in high school, and 
I had been a gymnast and they wanted to hire me to tumble. They were doing this children's show, and so they wanted somebody oh. who could like throw in an extra back handspring for fun, you know, <laughs> oh. like, to be exciting. And that's wow. that is one hundred percent why they cast me. It was not because of my audition, <laughs> and they learned that because then halfway through the the rehearsal process, I was playing several different characters. And the director like couldn't couldn't get me to be different for the different <laughs> characters, and so I, rem- I, I, <laughs> I I remember this so strongly being in my parents' kitchen, and trying to come up with an accent to do for one of the characters so that it would Whoa. seem different to the director. <laughs> and I remember showing up and like very I didn't say anything about it, but very nervously just starting to do the scene in a new accent, <laughs> and the director was like, Oh my god, uh, are you? are you Irish? <laughs> and I was like, um, yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, let's try it. Um, and I think oh actually God. we ended up sticking with the Irish accent, which wow. is fun. Um, it was a wild learning experience. <clears throat> and honestly, probably was, I, I probably could have realized then that I wanted to be an actor, but it took me it took me too long. Then I went and studied mm. singing, and I studied singing, which is good because now I'm a voice coach, and I started singing some more. And then <laughs> I moved to Chicago, presumably to sing. And I remember this uh, a professor that I had worked with who was like, "Well, I think of Chicago as more of a theater town than an opera town," <laughs> and. I just kind of was like, well, okay, but I'm going there for opera. But of course I went there and people started hiring me to act. Oh, really? So it was, it's been in the cards. Interesting. <laughs> Is singing like what you're most passionate about? I don't know. Yeah? I'm passionate about all the things. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think you are too. I, think, um, I love singing. I love acting. And the, the truth of my life has been that after I finish an acting job, I think, gosh, I miss singing. Mm. And after I finish a singing gig, then I think, oh, I gotta get back to my acting. Yeah. <laughs> and so the truth is that like, I probably, I probably could have um, gone farther on one of those tracks if I hadn't just kept hopping back and forth. So <laughs> yeah. I live a double That's life fair. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So are the majority of your clients looking for like singing lessons or just speaking or is it kind of a mix? Totally a mix. I find that uh, the younger clients are usually looking for singing because that's mm-hmm. what they're, when they think of voice, they think of singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who reach out for speaking lessons are usually um, more established in their careers and realizing that, oh, my speaking voice really is an asset that I need to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. I always, you know, I think it should be the opposite, but I, I need a good <laughs> PR person <laughs> to put it out there that I think that when you're young, Building confidence in your speaking voice is super important. Mm-hmm. And when you're old, deciding to sing for the fun of it is super important. Yeah. So, y'all. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> what are some, like, bad speaking habits that are, like, most common that you notice? Mm-hmm. So there's... Bad. So there's uh, bad habits that can hurt you your vocal health mm-hmm. that can lead to vocal injury. Mm-hmm. And there's bad habits in terms of communication. So right. I have to pick. Maybe I'll tell you a little bit about both. <laughs> um, bad habits when it comes to vocal health mm-hmm. are things like if you have a little tickle in your throat and you cough and cough and cough and cough and 
as opposed to dealing with it. Mm-hmm. That can lead to a vocal injury. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Um, not sleeping, not great for your vocal health. <laughs> um, both, however, I think I think both health and function, a, a bad habit that is that is, that is held by probably every human on the earth is uh, is speaking without any breath. Hmm. So, like, have you ever? Have you ever been watching TV and all of a sudden you realize you're not breathing? I do that all I the time. <laughs> I always hold she my breath. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to be paying Now this whole podcast, you're going to yeah. be like, am I breathing? <laughs> 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 um, so we get in the habit of that. I, I, I do think that it's more prevalent now in the 21st century than before because like, oh, yeah. um, you know, you're sending a text to someone and that's one of the major challenges of our lives you know like we don't have to I don't know do major physical labor every day but Mm. like the the intellectual challenge of that and when something's hard we tend to stop breathing Mm -hmm. because if you need to like pick up a car that requires you to to build up air pressure inside and so we get in the habit of stopping breathing and when you're constantly in that habit of not breathing then when you go to speak and you don't have anything underneath you, all sorts of interesting things happen. So I'm doing it right now as I, I don't have any air. And so it starts to sound a little crackly. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man, I can't do it for very long. <laughs> or if I don't have any strength and I don't have any breath, it starts to like go up into my nose and maybe get a little, what sh- how should we call this? Mm, maybe a little annoying, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Um, so that's not great for your relationships. Um, so I think that that just recognizing that your voice runs on air, that like air Mm -hmm. is the fuel and being willing to breathe is a challenge because taking a breath in requires you to take up space in a room, which is scary. So I think that's probably, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. I remember in middle school, my choir teacher would always tell us to breathe from our diaphragm, and I never understood what that meant. What's the difference between like a like a shallow breath and a deep breath, like a? Yeah, well, I mean, on on the surface level, a shallow breath is a breath that moves your shoulders up or like moves your collarbones up, and. A lot of times we do that if you're if you're like holding your belly in because you want to look nice and thin, right? You want to like not take up space, so then you end up breathing shallowly. The thing is that that breath that goes up into your upper torso, it's not useless. Mm-hmm. It's what happens when you're parasympathetic. That's not right. When when you're super nervous, and you get you got you have all these like small muscles that are fast twitch that can like pull air in quickly so that's useful in that context right if you're trying to sing (laughs) um, and you want the air to get into the lowest lobes of your lungs and your lungs are inside your rib cage your diaphragm sits right underneath your rib cage then relaxing your belly and letting your abs go and letting the diaphragm drop down when the diaphragm drops in down it makes space inside your rib cage for the air to fly in like a vacuum so that can be more it can drop more air in but it can also just be more relaxing and potentially allow more air to come in than this little Mm -hmm. gaspy breath 
think. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that I makes mean, sense. It makes a lot more sense than it did yeah. in middle school when she was explaining it. <laughs> it's tricky it. because, you know, air comes in through your windpipe and goes into your lungs. Like, no matter what kind of breath right. you take, that is, that is what happens. Yeah. And oxygen turns in, you know, it, it changes chemically inside your body. That's what breathing is. But <laughs> the muscles that draw that air in have a chain reaction through your whole body. So if you can manage to have your diaphragm be the primary breathing muscle, which which it is no matter what, mm-hmm. if that can be relaxed, then maybe some of the other things like the muscles around your throat and the muscles around your shoulders, which you might want to have be relaxed when you're singing, then they're not already engaged in something else. So it does make a difference um, to whatever activity you're doing. Hmm. I could never be a breath coach for, like, someone who's swimming. Oh, well, I, I guess I should say, I haven't tried yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could yet. I'd have to figure out what they do. Um, you do a lot of yoga training, too? Is that correct? I or... do a lot of yoga myself, okay. and I am a yoga teacher. Okay. Yeah. How does, wow. that, how does that factor in? I, I've been getting into yoga a little bit, and I know a lot of it is about the breath and, like, focusing mm. on the breath. Mm-hmm. So how does that factor into, like, vocal stuff? Yeah, that's such a great question. There are actually um, a number of teachers, I think mostly around the U.S., who have attempted to maybe succeeded at putting the two together and teach really? something called like vocal yoga. There's also yoga. laughter yoga, which is I so I've heard about that. Like, ha, 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 ho, 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 ha, ha, Very good. It's great. So, <laughs> so you should you should have someone yeah, come talk to you about laughter one. yoga. Wait, is there somebody who does that in Lincoln? I don't know. We should find out. Okay. <laughs> if they do it, I will go. Yeah. Um, so breathing is one of the eight branches of yoga. Oh. Um, so it would make sense that when you when you go to a yoga class that there's a, a moment about breathing. Mm-hmm. Breathing also is what moves your body. Well, how should I say that? Breath is movement in the body. And so yoga is about integrating all the systems and making sure they're functioning well. Um, for your health and for your um, and for your mental state and for your spirituality, it's about putting it all together. Mm. And when we start talking about using your voice, your voice is so intricately woven together with your identity, which is intricately woven together with your body, and you can't talk about one without the other. Yeah. And that yoga does that. I mean, yoga is like. Every, every aspect of your life can be looked at through a yogic lens. Um, so the fact that I've studied yoga, I just can't help, but it seeps into everything. Sure, yeah. 100%. Also, when I was living into Chicago, in Chicago, yoga is what kept me sane. So working on a college campus is uh, a huge amount of my time is spent sitting with students who are going through hard times mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think it's really important that if I'm going to help somebody use their voice that I'm also helping them helping isn't the right word in order to use your voice I think you have to be comfortable and I think being comfortable requires you to like deal with the suffering in your life mm-hmm. and yoga is a great way to do that mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yoga first. Sure. Then Broadway? Yeah. <laughs> Come on over. We'll work on all the things. 
I would, it'd That's be really interesting, interesting to find though. out how many people who are on Broadway or who will be on Broadway when it reopens in May, baby, <laughs> oh. or September, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think September is the realistic thing. Mm. Um, it would be interesting to find out how many Broadway actors do yoga. Mm-hmm. We should do a study. Okay. We should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds right up the daily Nebraskan sound. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm kind of curious, like, are you able to pick out these things, like, right when someone comes up to you? Or, like, have you been analyzing the way I'm speaking this whole time? <sighs> yes, of course. <laughs> but, no, you know, it's like talking to a psychotherapist, right? It's like, yeah. are you thinking about the yeah. trauma of my life? <laughs> so tell him, what is, what is he doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you the things that, are, that you are doing that are uniquely you. Whoa, that sounds <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily good or bad. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I mean, I've never, ever thought about my voice. So feel free to criticize me as much as You've you want. You've never thought about your voice. Not have really. You, have you know. re-listened to your podcasts? Yeah, a little bit. And do you ever think like, oh, that's what I sound like? Kinda, yeah. You just made it's... a face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I listen and I, I try not to think about my voice too much. Okay. Because I think it would freak me out if I started to think about it more. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it as I'm speaking, mm-hmm. it's really starting to freak me out. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. Uh, not to freak you out. But as soon as we started recording, all of a sudden, like, huh, this, like, resonance came out. Really? Yeah. Have you noticed? Oh. No. But I'm not. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's great. I think no, it's like, funny, though. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that you have a sense of, like, being present vocally and wanting the mic to pick you up yeah that's perfectly great i think that between um between saying things you hold your breath (laughs) just like everybody in the world right you're doing something hard but you're holding your breath a lot (laughs) i probably am and when you guys were talking about like taking deep breaths earlier Mm -hmm. in the diaphragm i was just sitting here taking deep breaths and i feel like i really was transported somewhere else so i think if I focus on that more, then I'll remember all the questions I have, you know? That is true. And I won't freak out, you know? And I won't <laughs> hold my breath, and everything will be better, maybe? I don't know. I do think everything will be better better if you breathe. That actually is a, is a fact. <clears throat> yeah. That if you are holding your breath, that, like, the things you were thinking of will leave your brain more often. Yeah, because yeah. you go into, like, fight or flight kind of mode or something. Sure, and then yeah. communicating something important or interesting is is unnecessary. Yeah. Because you're deciding whether you're going to yeah. live or die. I mean, I always... I always freak out my students by saying that right like and then death happened yeah breathing. <laughs> um, that does happen if you start breathing <laughs> yeah there's just a little very short moment of death <laughs> yeah i think that <clears throat> when you're having a moment of oh god what was i going to say <sighs> becoming comfortable with the moment of nothing and especially on a podcast where you're recording it ahead of time that's true. I mean, it's just like, just chill. And yeah. Be okay with it. And then it'll come. That's, uh, I took a speech class once mm. in school, and it was like business speech. Um, Here? But, yeah. Oh. Um, through some college. I don't really remember. But the t- one of the 
I guess really the only thing that stuck with me is that if you like ever hit a point where you're like at a roadblock in your speech to just like stop and like compose yourself and think about what you're going to say or like in job interviews and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um, because it in the long term it's going to help you be a lot more eloquent rather than speeding into whatever you're saying Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's kind of like what I'm learning right now just breathe (laughs) (laughs) or relearning as it turns out yeah well yeah yeah Yeah. I guess Mm -hmm. just breathe and be okay with there being a moment of silence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Golden. Yeah. So what else do I do that's weird? <laughs> <laughs> Is there uh, anything else? Do you honestly want to know? I do. I, yeah, it's really interesting to I me. Know. I think that you have really great, um, your upper resonators. So like, we have, we have different places where sound waves, so sound waves start because your vocal folds oscillate, right? Well, vocal sound waves start <laughs> because your vocal folds oh, sure. oscillate. And then the sound wave <clears throat> gets resounded, resonance. It gets resounded off of hard surfaces. And we have different sized shapes inside our body that make good resonators. One of them is just, you know, just below your throat, kind of in your, I'm pounding on my chest Whoa. because it's like, down there, right? <laughs> then we have our oh. mouth and then our teeth. This is um this is called the resonating ladder. This is part of Kristen Linklater's work. If you oh. want to check out Kristen Linklater, hmm. brilliant woman who sadly passed away just this past summer, but had hmm. a very long, full career teaching voice. Um, then the sinuses, which are like right along your, you can mm. hear me go into my sinuses, yeah. like super live. And then up into your nose and then up into your head. Your sinuses Whoa. are like alive. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear it? Whoa. Like, all right. <laughs> it's so good. That's funny. It's so good. Which I think, I've, j- since, since you've asked, now I'm going to turn, I'm going to pretend that I'm a psychologist and Do it. Yeah. deep into your body, yeah. <laughs> into your past. That's, that comes a lot of times with people who, who want to be pleasant. Right? Aww. Yeah. So, like, you smile a lot. <laughs> it activates these muscles around your mouth whoa. and your nose, right? Yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah now exactly. I'm thinking about it all. Yeah. So, That's really interesting. Yeah, so, like, all of this is alive, these upper resonators, and... That's that's a nicety. That's like, hey, hey I'm with you. My eyes okay. are awake. I want to be present. Yeah. So I would be curious what happens. Like, when is it that you, who are you around? Yeah. You, like, let your body resonators happen. <laughs> when you're, mm. you're thrown in your chest. That's and, like, so interesting. Yeah. Is that like a, um, like, not on purpose? What's the word for that? Inherent? Thing? Like, does that just happen naturally? Oh, nature versus nurture, kind of like. Well, yeah, like, is it like when I get like angry that happens, or like around a certain group of people? Yeah, yeah. You mean like, do I use certain resonators for certain situations? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you definitely use. Well, I should say, people tend to use certain resonators in relation to certain pitches, and pitch is definitely like a. An environment thing you know if you walk into a room with like a bunch of kids you're gonna suddenly start speaking at a higher pitch because yeah. they have a higher pitch and you want to like 
have empathy. Match it, yeah. But then, that's like, if why you, we do that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, you want to like connect with them. It's a little bit yeah. of mirroring, right? But then, if you like, you know, want to flirt with somebody, <laughs> you probably turn on then something you else. Drop it low or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, or you know, you know how you talk, you speak differently with people on the phone yeah well that is something i think about a lot yeah i weird i mean this is here's another psychological weird thing i <laughs> i speak to my husband with like a little girl voice all the time and it drives me nuts it's like <laughs> what does this mean and why do i do it but a lot, i've heard a lot of times that it's like you can't even help it right it's just like yeah this, you're around your best friends all of a sudden you're like most wild amusement park voice yeah. comes out and you're like, what am I doing? And it's just because you're comfortable and uh, outcome your resonators. Hmm. That's bizarre. Um, so when I'm like talking, uh, I does it like, I guess I don't really know how to put it, but um, what parts of my body, like how do I switch like, when I tried to go low right there, like, I couldn't really do it. Uh, is it more of, like, a... I guess, is that what the vocal coaching is about? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you, wanted, if you wanted to feel like you had more access to that, yeah, we could work on that. Usually it would have to do with um, undoing something that might be in the way. And so, for example, if somebody wanted to find more resonance that's lower in their vocal range, lots of times that's not accessible because their jaw is tight or their tongue mm. is tight or the back of their throat is like a little closed off. Mm. And so releasing those things first then gives you access to that part of your range. Once you have access, then it's about using it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. If, if I were to try to become like a fantastic singer, mm. is that like an important part of that? Learning Probably. to use all of them? I mean, I'm under the impression... My, I guess my my personal philosophy is like let's get access to all of your range. Sure, yeah. yeah right? I guess let's it make help. it make it or all strong. Yeah. yeah, I think that sometimes you might um, sometimes singing training is like okay, I'm a tenor, which means I need access to my high range, or okay, mm. I'm a bass and I need access to my low right, low range. But often what happens is when you get access to your low range, then it's easier to go up because oh, really? you undid whatever was in the way. And so now your voice is freer and you have more access, mm. like, from top to bottom and vice versa. So, like, with those things that are in the way when you're trying to get into your other resonators, are those ever psychological things? Like, would I have to overcome my uh, natural um, want to be pleasant in order to have a lower voice or something? Ooh, I'm so glad you asked two different ways. Keep both questions. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, you wouldn't have to overcome your desire to be pleasant. Like, that's a beautiful oh, okay. part about your personality. Okay. Please never lose it. <laughs> that's amazing. Keep that. Um, Will do. It's, um, it's interesting. You don't have to. We could go about the voice in a wildly mechanical way and say, I am now going to work on these pitches. And I am now going to work on these pitches. Yeah. And... There would be, that would be perfectly valid. And you would probably get access to more of your range that way, which would be great. And you would feel more skilled. And um, it would feel like speaking or singing or using your voice is somehow this skill that lives outside of you and your expression and your mm -hmm. body. And so 
if instead, if instead we go about it as we're accessing this part of your range, which is per, um, particularly helpful in expressing these things for you, you as your unique self that has uh, experienced the world in one specific way, that probably when you go to explore that part of your range, you might find there's some emotional content. <laughs> and that doesn't mean we have to like get into it. We don't have to like draw out the trauma, <laughs> but we can just say like, what if your voice, what if using your voice in that place allows you to process that, to release it, to express through it, and then you feel more comfortable doing so. That would be a win. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I That's... love how much psychology is tied in yeah. behind this. It's so interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, really I, have, have no I haven't idea. studied psychology, so like, <laughs> we have to keep that on the down low. Yeah. But, um, but, but there's a tie in, though. There's yeah. a huge tie. Absolutely. What do they call? Um, so a lot of my work is considered psychophysical. Hmm. So literally the, the combination of thought and breath and your body. Hmm. And the actor's... The, uh, one of the main instruments for the actor is emotion, right? So to get at that, to get at that, you have to kind of see where the parallels are and let them exist and maybe highlight them sometimes. So what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Notice that I never said what's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On I can me. tell you what's <laughs> unique about you. <laughs> what's unique about me? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yeah, I really want to know. Okay, I love that. I love how curious you yeah, are. Yeah, this is fun. Give it's us really cool. everything. It's a good way to learn, too, I think. Yeah. This hands-on yeah. breakdown. Wildly personal feedback. Um, (laughs) I was in a a meeting today that was all about like how to give negative feedback (laughs) with compassion (laughs) so here's what I'm noticing about you so right now for those listening um oh so what the way I'm sitting it has to do with the way you're sitting (laughs) oh I know I sit weird oh I didn't I don't think it's weird oh okay but it's, it's an active choice right um, and I don't know. Is it not? It's like totally a habit. I think so. I sit like this well, too. I sit like this. I'm like not time. very big, so I always yes. like sit on my feet just to be bigger. I feel yes. like. Yeah. Do you want to describe I'm how you're sitting you. right now? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I can't. Well, really see right it. now I'm sitting on my feet. Sometimes okay. I like cross my feet like this, like uh-huh. twice. Wow. That's another thing mm. I do. You also, when I stand, <laughs> I like put my. I like stand like a flamingo too sometimes. So I just think I have weird positions. I don't know like why. Like with one foot up? Yeah, like I'll like stand. Someone was making fun of me just today because I was standing <laughs> doing the dishes at work and I had like one foot right here. Oh, I But my feet I get see. tired, so I like give them breaks, That's you know? interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I just have weird <laughs> habits. Yeah, but I hear you. Maybe. I, I have similar habits. Okay. So I'm five foot, which means that every chair is too big. <laughs> so I, I perch on them and I like sit on their arms in order to like feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, what happens is, so if your voice is basically your breath and your vocal folds and then any hard surface that surfaces that the sound touches, like let's say that that's your voice. If you take in a deep breath, go ahead, do it. And then let it go. And what if you take a deeper breath by letting the breath go into your belly and then into your back and then into the side ribs? Go. 
belly, back, and side ribs, and let it go. And what if you allowed the breath come in, to come into the chest and the shoulders last? So Whoa. it's going to go down into the belly, and then into the back, and then into the side ribs, and then into the chest, and then let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that one more time just because you got good at it. <laughs> yeah, belly. Let your belly. Yes, then back, then side ribs, then chest, yes. And then let it go. But we don't need that much breath very often, right? No. No, that's like a rarity. But it does feel good. It does feel good. And your voice is a little different. Yeah. The, um, the itty bitty little breath that keeps us alive from moment to moment can just be the very center of the diaphragm. So like right in the middle of you and doesn't have cool. to like get access to all these other things. But that spot that's like, let's pretend it's not at all between your belly button and your spine, but let's pretend it is because <laughs> that, that get, that's like something to anchor to, right? Like, okay, I know where my belly button is. If you think right behind your belly button, what if that's where your breath is happening? Can you feel movement there? Do you like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can or not. Just put your hand, put your hand in, in front of your belly. And then you can feel that that moves when you take. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's pretend that that's where breath is happening. Okay. We don't really have to pretend. That's where breath is happening. That's, breath is the fuel, right? Breath is the fuel for the sound. If that's where the breath is happening, then that's like the engine. Yeah? And if if we're constantly kind of contorting that, and so I'm mm. what I'm doing is I'm like twisting my waist and then using my arms to cover it, <laughs> it doesn't have any space. Right, doesn't, yeah. Can't take up any room. And so if that part of you that is like instrumental to allowing the voice to happen mm -hmm. isn't allowed to have any room, then are you going to let your voice have any room? Hmm. It's a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> so That's it's not so much that, like, all of a sudden you have to, like, sit, sit in your sit. chair yeah. properly. It's not that at all. It's just a matter of, like, in this shape that you're in, whatever it is, can there occasionally be a sense that, like, that part of you is where the breath could go? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When I talk to my actors, that spot... I'm trying to think about this right behind the belly button I talk about it as being the need center so like huh. if your hips your pelvis is your will center like I will get this done that's like in your hips that's like you <laughs> oh. know like you can picture like a cowboy with like two guns on oh, both sides yeah. or, like, or like uh or somebody who's um determined that they like they stand on two feet and it's like I'm gonna get this done I talk about the Bellyish area behind the belly button as the need center that like sometimes I absolutely have to get this thing and that's a vulnerable thing mm -hmm. you know for like that part of you to be taking up space it almost feels like um, well it feels like literally like taking up space on the earth you know and so sometimes it's hard to feel like it's okay for that to to be big right to, like expand and contract and all of yeah. those things. 
And then I talk about the heart as being the wish center, like the desires and the wants. That's cute. And then the head <laughs> is being the thinking center. And your thinking center is alive. Oh. Right? So like here you are in this shape, like no matter what, there's like always a little head movement. So like we don't need to worry about the fact Whoa. that their wheels are always turning. <laughs> You've got thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Hmm. So then can, what, what happens if the thinking center, like these brilliant thoughts that you're having, what if that can, those thoughts can drop like a little raindrop down into the needing center where your breath is hmm. because you have a need to speak them? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like that was spot on. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm impressed. And here you are doing this podcast, right? So clearly you want to share something with the world. Yeah. And I think you can up the ante and say, I need to share it hmm. with the world. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. Wait. I'm kind of confused. Maybe it's because I'm not moving my head so much and my ears are not turning very much. But how does that apply to like a physical like expression? Like, are you, does that make sense? Yes. You mean like, uh, like an how, actor's thinking about those different centers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does that apply to the stage, I guess? Yeah. Well, where you move from. I don't know if you've ever taken like a beginning acting class. I haven't, but I wish I had. So fun. I'm kind of treating this as my beginning acting <laughs> class. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> In like beginning acting classes, sometimes they talk about like where you lead from as a character development strategy. Oh. That like if you walk with your knees instead, or like walk with your chest puffed yeah. out, or if you like walk with your head forward or whatever. That's so interesting. So in that some is. ways, like if you're heightening that part of your body physically, it can be, uh, it can signal meaning in terms of your character and what they want. Also, sometimes if you watch, you, you should do this now that we've talked about it, if you watch a speech where the person's gestures are like in line with, like oh, if somebody's wow. like putting their hands around their head while they think, it's like, Whoa. super there if their hands are at their heart like I really want you to yeah. get to know me oh or if they're God. like they're like I need this from you mom yeah. you know like you gotta do this or yeah oh down at the hips like I will so yeah, so actors like can actors can use that yeah. <laughs> not to say it in a native thing but like they can just co-opt the reality <laughs> we do that and use it for their game <laughs> co-opt the reality <laughs> wow yeah that's really interesting though I've always wondered, like, what kind of things go into professional acting. Mm. And so it's really amazing to hear mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's, really it's a cool. lot. Yeah, because it's, it's all about using the whole human instrument, the body, the voice, mm. the intellect, the emotion. Um, I think someone has coined that, the, the actor's quartet. Oh, so like they have that's the, cool. these tools. And your imagination, oh my gosh. Mm. Huge imagination to be an actor. And then, like, all of that skill building, but then also... A, a raging curiosity, right? Like you're handed a script about, I don't know, quantum physics, <laughs> and an actor has to go, I will learn about that. Yeah. And I will I will embody that character fully as though I know about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> has that kind of been part of your inspiration in like learning more about uh, psycho... Psychophysical. Physical, yeah. Somatic things. embodiment. But there you go. Um, yeah, so, so, so somatic, soma is like body movement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, has oh, it that makes been sense. my inspiration? Like as an actor, I just get super curious about things. Is yeah, that is, that, yeah is that kind of part of it? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of hard to answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Someone told me once that 
what you end up doing with your life is what you most need to know. So probably. Oh, wow. So that's probably like I didn't know how to use my body and my voice and that's why I do this. <laughs> right? Don't you think like probably like I wanted to take up more space because I'm a five foot one. <laughs> and so I studied movement. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Something too I wanted to talk about too is like code switching because I feel like I um, like when I'm like working a customer service job, I like use a different like voice than when I'm talking with my friends. Mm. Is that like a thing that you yeah. study a lot, run into? Um, run into absolutely. Yeah. I mean, talk about it a lot. It is a it is something that all of us do, but mm -hmm. absolutely most prevalent for our black friends, mm -hmm. right? Because. Mm -hmm. um, the, the reality has been for a long time that there has been a need to speak one way at home and right. one way in a professional mm. setting right. and one way yeah. at school. And so um, that need can also be celebrated. That like mm -hmm. to be a black American is to be able to have many voices and to mm -hmm. express in many different ways. And, yeah. um, and that is true of um, all people. And I think also we're on this campus where we have a lot of international students too. And mm -hmm. so... Um, celebrating the fact that a lot of times international students are speaking one way at home, one way with their roommates, one way with their friends, one way with their professors. Right. Um, and the fact that we as humans have that ability is yeah. just amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a positive way to look at it too, because I always like feel kind of like gross after I like hear myself in my customer service voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound so fake. But I guess that's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a way to relate to people better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing to think about with customer service voice stuff. If, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. right? But like, do I have to do this for the customer, or did the customer show up, so now I do this because mm. it's a habit? Right. right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, weird. That is interesting. Do you find yourself doing that, like, less than before, or, like, that less than a normal person? Like code switching and yeah. yeah. I, I think I do it more. Really? Okay, I that's what that, I was wondering. I think totally. Maybe it's because I teach actors though, because mm. uh, in the acting classroom, I, I I legitimately think my job is to be a cheerleader. It's like, <laughs> no, but can you do this? And can you do that? And I think you can do this. Can you do it more? <laughs> and that just requires a lot of animation. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was animated to start with, and now it's like <laughs> out of control. <laughs> um, I think I do it more. And I think once you start thinking about your voice and celebrating it and, and enjoying the, all the various things it can do, I think you can't help but being like, oh, yeah, and then I can go up there. Too. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking yeah. now that I've been analyzed, of course. <laughs> I, I feel like I can take this and go and, like, craft yeah. a whole bunch of different voices and, like, different control. There was a little voice crack there, but we won't think about that. We, we will celebrate. Yeah, yeah voice we'll crack celebrate is a, it. Voice crack is a sign of change. <laughs> we like change. I know, wouldn't that be amazing if, like, we walked around the UNL campus and, like, everybody was fully on voice and yeah. like, like all range all the yeah. time. I That'd think it be would beautiful. be great. It might yeah. be loud. But. Yeah, we could all harmonize or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So part of what you do is like dialect coaching too, mm. correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you get into That's that? Cool. Um, I went to uh, grad school and I studied voice studies, which is like, um a big umbrella term, and the umbrella includes accents and dialects. Mm -hmm. um, and phonetics 
learning the international phonetic alphabet, getting to know sound changes and prosody, um, a lot of that happens in singing training, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're studying opera, you got to learn how to sing in different mm-hmm. languages. And so um, I had a lot of it in my back pocket. And then when I went to study voice studies, it got much more specific, specifically to teach accents and dialects. Um, and now that I train actors, it's like a big thing, right? Because actors, they got to play different characters who are from different places. Of mm-hmm. Ireland, perhaps. Ireland, <laughs> perhaps. Maybe that was the seed. I don't know. Yeah, Ireland, perhaps. God, what's funny is I've never played anybody from Ireland. Really? So like that was the one opportunity, and I made it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm teaching an accents and dialects class right now. Oh, wow. Super fun. Um, there are 13 students, and in two weeks they'll do their final, which means we'll have a monologue from 12 different places. Wow. And they've all chosen their own <gasps> accent to study. Um, there are two people doing accents from Sweden, but they're from different places in Sweden. So we could probably say 13 different accents. Holy cow. Yeah, That's kind of cool. Kinda cool. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So how do you go about studying for that? Um, like just to learn, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, I think, well, what I should say is their final project, ultimately, all of these students, is to tell me how they're going to study it in the mm-hmm. future, um, because Whoa. it's really it's really individualized. Um, there's kind of three categories of an accent. There's the sound changes that happen, so like, instead of sound, for the word sound, if someone says sound, sound instead, that's like a a legitimate change to the sounds that I'm making, like the options for vowels and consonants that are in my accent. So that's the first category. And then there's the prosody, which is rhythm, pace, melody, Mm. and that changes from geographical location to geographical location. And the third category is oral zone, which I'm having like, I'm having personal pedagogical thoughts about at the moment because it's huge <laughs> how's that for a yeah. um, it's like hugely fundamental to an accent where what you're doing with your mouth but I honestly believe at present <laughs> I might change my mind a week from now but at <laughs> present I really think that the 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 mouth shape is determined by the sounds so like the sounds that you do over and over and over end up putting your mouth in a certain shape mm-hmm. and that's where you oh, land. Weird. Um, that being said, I fully anticipate that a lot of these students are going to turn around at the end of the semester and they're just going to say, I just have to figure out what shape my mouth is supposed to be in and then I'm in the accent. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, so and that's not the case? Is that what you're saying? It, it totally can be the case for them because oh. once they figure out like, uh, let's see, once they figure out what the mouth shape is and they just leave it there, if it just stays there all the time, they'll be in the accent, right? And then they, they don't okay. have to think about if the sound changes are different. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm huh. fine with that. That's great. Like, whatever puts you in the accent okay. is a win for me. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they, they kind of spend this whole semester figuring out what works for them. And to be mm. honest, like, if you're a good mimic, then that's what you do. You might just listen to a bunch of recordings and there you are. Yeah, that's so interesting, too, because I I studied Spanish for a little bit, and I had a professor tell me, like, because you grew up speaking English, you're pretty much never going to sound like a native speaker, but can you, like, master, like, shapes of sounds and, like, where to place your tongue to where you can, like, completely Mm. get it? Does that make sense? I think 
think you could. Yeah. I think you would have to work at it. Yeah. Um, I think, well, we can think about that in terms the opposite way. Like have, if you've ever met someone who is speaking with an accent that feels totally the same as yours and then you find out they're from somewhere really distant mm-hmm. um, or they, their native language is something other than English. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally possible. It just it has to be worked at. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's Are you still speaking Spanish? Um, I haven't in over a year, so I mean, that's not I'm rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- like it's one thing to be able to pronounce things correctly, and it's another thing to like really sound authentic, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is kind of a different study. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so we in the accents class study sounding authentic and don't necessarily study the language right. or how to pronounce things. You know, right. it's kind of funny. That is funny. <laughs> so it's more about like the physical parts of like moving your mouth rather than like what's written on paper or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's about, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. I love huh. that. It's about taking it off the page and the real challenge yeah. as an actor is then, um, let's say that you're able to speak in an accent then to play a different character on stage holding props Maybe with a camera in yeah. your face, you know, doing all of that at the same time is the big question mark always. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times an actor will like nail an accent and then they go on set and it's like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. And then out comes their, you know, native tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Midwest, nothing accent. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, exactly. That's the other challenge too is that, um, all, you know, A list Hollywood celebrities the people who are deciding whether their accent in a movie is good is like Joe Schmo down the corner, right? So it's not yeah. whoever has studied this yeah. like, accent for hours and ages. It's like just we get to sit back and go, mm, I think that accent's just okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Weird part of acting, I guess. Yeah. What's your best impression? Oh, not to put you in the spot, but oh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have, I don't have like a bag of tricks like that. I should, I should get one. <laughs> bag of tricks. That's okay. <laughs> I should get one. Could you do like geographic locations? Like, can you do a Boston accent? I, I can do the stereotype. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Harvard yeah. Yard stuff. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I think my my skill set is like, if I hear it for one minute, I can recreate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then, gotcha. You know, um, wow, that is really cool. Yeah, it's like I have, a, I have, I can pick it up quickly. But then, like you know, a situation like this, like okay, okay, when did I study a Boston accent? Yeah, like, <laughs> three weeks ago. What did that recording sound like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you listen to it, are you like breaking down like what you're hearing in their mouth or something, and using that to apply it to your own mouth? I think so. I think very quickly. Yeah, that is that's what's happening. fair. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like I um. I've had this really interesting relationship recently with a physical therapy team and I'm helping some of their clients with um, just like interesting things, people who are having a hard time with stability as in like the ability to stay standing and Hmm. how your breath and your voice plays into all of that. And we were talking about how they can look at somebody and like name in minute detail the various muscles that are like working too hard and not working hard enough and instead of doing that which i cannot do (laughs) i like try to stand like them and then like okay yeah this is working too hard and that's not working hard enough and like so i think that i think the the accent and dialect skill is listening and just like 
processing it through my filter, my like yeah. body filter, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is what actor training really is. It's like being able to put different filters on your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seems like um, a lot of acting is like learning and internalizing these skills and like tricks kind of. And then getting to a point where it just, like, comes naturally. Is that right? Or, like, do people think about it, like, as they're performing? That's kind that of is, really That vague. is the question. There's, like, yeah. probably 200 books on acting in the <laughs> yeah. library. And they're all probably trying to figure out that ratio. <laughs> like, how much do you have to think them. about it while you're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course, you know, I'm going to stand up for the acting community and say that they're not tricks, but I think... Well, yeah, 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 yeah I, sorry, I think, that's not No, that's okay. Exactly I, I think that um, there is a level of, of, of learning skills and then figuring out how they translate into being, whether it's human or not, right? Being a creature, being an inanimate object on stage or on screen or in a story and actor training is interesting that way that it's like you got to pick out these things that you think the actor needs and turn them into learnable things yeah yeah which Hmm. totally feels like sometimes feels like bar tricks feels like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's really cool it's just like really interesting to me i don't know maybe i should be an acting major you should switch (laughs) hop on over you know the truth is i feel a little bit like i wonder if there's something to that in terms of all education that you take a subject and then you codify it and say this is what you have to learn in order to understand that subject yeah ultimately what we're all learning is how to learn Mm. we're all saying like okay here's a subject how do you break it down how do you analyze it how do you put it in your body and then how do you apply it and then after college so so maybe you don't have to switch to an acting major maybe you just have to like (laughs) apply that filter yeah Yeah. (laughs) wow i did not anticipate questioning my entire life (laughs) oh god (laughs) i can be good at that i apologize (laughs) that's really cool though I guess I don't know what you're majoring in. Uh, journalism and advertising. Okay. Are you so. doing journalism? Journalism and English. Oh, cool. Yeah. Double major. Yes. Smart cookie <laughs> over here. That's cool. And you too, smart yeah, cookie. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Marketable skills, those things that you're learning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hopefully. Um, well, cool. Do you maybe want to give us like a few cool um try it at home vocal tips and exercises to close us out oh sure did you have anything else you wanted to ask about jenna um no no (laughs) (laughs) had enough of this (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i can't guarantee that they're gonna be cool um i think anything you say will be cool at this point how do I Trying? wake up my sinuses? I want my sinuses mm. to be more alive. Ooh, I can help you with that. Okay. J- let me think about let, let me think about how to describe this to people who are listening. <laughs> um, okay, so your sinuses are like a whole bunch of honeycomb shapes. Okay. Whoa. Behind your cheeks. That's already a lot. I actually have sinus problems. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Does can you hear it? <laughs> 
Can you? I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> um, it sounds like you can. It sounds like you're like aware that you want your sinuses yes. to be clearer. The sinuses are a little tricky because they're so intricate. There are these like little hollows around your skull. And if you can imagine, a lot of voice work is imagery work. If you can imagine that that honeycomb structure is not just at the surface of your cheekbones, but like behind that and behind that and behind that. So you have these like um, small hollows, like little caves around the mid part of your skull. Mm -hmm. Okay. And imagine that breath can get there. <laughs> <laughs> so just, yeah. So release your jaw for a moment, which is its own vul vulnerable task to be like, okay with your mouth being open. Good job, both of you. For doing <laughs> and then I'm going to ask you to be a little wild with me and let your tongue come onto your lower lip. And see if, see if it can relax. So if you're at your home, you can do this. You can do it in the mirror and see if your tongue can just chill out. I can't do it without laughing. <laughs> and this is one of those moments like, can you be comfortable with the silence of breath coming and going over the top of your tongue. Yeah, you can let your tongue come out a little more, almost like it's gonna line up with the line of your bottom lip, that's it. And then see if it can chill. It's almost like your jaw is creating a cradle and your lip is the pillow for your tongue. <laughs> so the breath comes up through your throat, past your mouth and yeah you might slobber a little yeah apologize. i was like i feel like i'm drooling <laughs> okay maybe this isn't the easiest try it at home but she asked for sinuses and i'm going for it okay so you're gonna sigh over the top of your tongue it's gonna sound kind of like <sighs> you can relax your bottom lip do I breathe into my sinus? I don't know how to relax, phones? I don't think. Sigh into your mouth. You can breathe into your mouth. mouth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Will you just do it like a funny chuckle? Like, ha, 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 ha. That's it. Can we have that version? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay, so now we're going to be even sillier. Okay. Okay, so your jaw is released, your tongue is out, and you're gonna sigh out on he, like he, 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 he did it. He. Hey. Yeah. And then will you make some funny faces? Leave your tongue out. And we're just literally asking all the muscles above the upper lip to move around. And it, it'll actually cause some of the like mucus to move. And yeah, we're making weird faces. You can make weird faces with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing, take your fingers and just like massage around where those sinuses are. Mm -hmm. And then breathe in through your nose while you do that. So it's like... I can feel they're clearer. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're getting cleared out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we're going to put this together. Jaw is released. Put your tongue on your low lip. And you've got these like cleared out sinuses. You're gonna sigh on a he and see if you can find a pitch where that those honeycombs feel like they're ringing a little. Oh, he, he, hey. that was good. Try to make it a he sound. He, hey. yeah. <laughs> you've got yours. He. <laughs> 
I don't think I know how to relax. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, that's the real thing. Hey. <laughs> it rang. <laughs> okay, and then let your tongue come back inside. And um, hum a little. There you go. It's buzzing. It's buzzing. It's buzzing. Yeah, so then, then take the hum. And just do a couple of vowels after, like me, me, ma. Me, me, ma. That's great. That's it. Look at you. She's I got this like, face of wonder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think that was a big challenge for the at home, so let's do something simple now. Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, so we're just, we're going to learn to relax. Oh, yeah. Great. You Count should me use in. your chair. Yeah. So um, if you're sitting, um, use the chair. Like, actually let your back go to the back and your legs let go and. Let yourself go to gravity. You can breathe in and out through your nose or your mouth, whichever feels comfortable. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and be okay with the silence and the breath coming and going. And think of letting your scalp muscles be relaxed. You don't have to think very hard right now. I'm going to guide you. And let your forehead release, nothing to worry about right now. And all the muscles around your eyes and your eye sockets, you don't have to see anything right now. And relax the place around your mouth and along your chin and at the nape of your neck. What is it like to have space at the nape of your neck? and space in your mouth at the same time. And relax the muscles around your neck. Soften there. And soften around your collarbones and your sternum. And start to allow there to be a softness between each rib so that the cage, we call it a rib cage, but so that these bones that are around the breathing room of your lungs can expand easily and release easily. And soften your upper abdomen and your mid-abdomen and your low abdomen and the sides of your body. And then if it's comfortable to think of a friend just kind of swiping their hands down your back as if to say, you're doing a good job. And then let that go so the back of your body is also released. Give the weight of your body to your chair. And see if you can feel movement that is being caused by breath. I feel it around my belly button. And with voice work, 
we just kind of accept that it's okay to have a Buddha belly. It means you're wise. <laughs> I also feel it on the sides of my body. So my rib cage feels like it fans open, like an accordion. See if you can notice the breath coming and going. And see if you can take the controls off so that something deep inside of your body knows when it is that you need breath to drop in. And after it's dropped in, you can let it go fully, completely, abandon it. After it's let go, there's this moment, and in that moment, your body will know that it needs new breath, and you let it in. So breath is let in, and breath is let go, and there's a moment of nothing. Bring your attention to your lips. Sometimes it's easiest to feel your lips if you lick them so they're a little bit wet. With your lips, you'll feel air come past the wetness. Let the air come in and soften the inside of your mouth. And then let that air travel through your mouth and down and soften the inside of your throat. and let the air drop down into the breathing room so that your lungs are soft and accepting like, ah, oh, air, as if this is the freshest breath you've ever taken. And then allow the smooth, silky diaphragm that lives below the lungs to relax down and invite the air in and then sigh it out with relief. And for fun, do that again. Feed in the impulse for a sigh of relief. Breath is the blueprint for sound. And go ahead and drop in a thought that it would be relieving in this moment of relaxation for one of these outgoing breaths to have sound on it and for that sound to travel from the inside of you to the outside of you. <sighs> and softly blink your eyes open. See if when your eyes are open, you can still feel breath happening. Breath drops in, breath drops out. There's a moment of nothing. Breath drops in, breath drops out. And then on one of the outgoing breaths, you could say something like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah. Or my voice feels like it's here. <laughs> or my voice feels open or things like that. My voice feels fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A lot of the early voice work is just 
letting the things that get in the way of the voice go. I feel like I just melted. <laughs> you look a little bit like you just melted. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello, chair. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was amazing. I'm so relaxed. How, I feel like we both sound amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're that welcome. is probably the first time I've ever been relaxed. <laughs> wow. And you have it on recording. Yeah. You, you can do it Everyone all the time. will know. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can always tune back in. You can always tune back in. You can do it before your uh, next podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I really feel great. Same here. You guys want to record a whole nother podcast? (laughs) We should have started with this. I should have known that. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. You guys are lovely. You as well. That was so much fun. You're very lovely. I really feel amazing relaxed crisp crystal Same. clear in crystal the brain clear. yeah isn't that amazing breath breath it's all just breath yeah. i gotta quit holding my breath there's a um <sighs> we're doing a production of dracula as you know so oh yeah um and the uh do you guys know the story of dracula yeah yeah I guess there's, not this, really. there's the character renfield who's like uh, he's in a jail well well I don't, I don't know how to say this, but Renfield is kind of like being overpowered by Dracula and, uh, you know, starts out eating like a little insects and then like, little <laughs> rodents, like it's kind of gross. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Renfield in our play is uh, a woman. And so she, uh, she, she takes a bite of something and says, the blood is the life. The blood is the life. And oh I, my God. Like, Maybe we should change that to breath. Maybe the breath is the life. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Come see the show. It'll be fun. There's accents. Oh, There's accents. When is the show? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's being filmed. Okay. And then we'll be, I think, oh, it, I think nice. it'll be streamed um, the last week of April. Gotcha. Okay. Go cool. to the Nebraska Repertory website. Plug. Sweet. Plug. Um, yeah, and here's some great accents. Plug. We've got British accents, and then Dracula has his own accent. A vampiric accent. A vampiric accent. <laughs> From Transylvania. From Transylvania. <laughs> Transylvanian <laughs> Romanian. accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah, we've had a lot of fun coming up with that. Cool. Do I sound like I'm from the Midwest? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? Well, my family's from Texas. Okay. And so my mom has like a real, well, she had a super strong accent. I feel like as we've lived here, it's kind of faded off. But mm-hmm. sometimes people ask me, but maybe that's just after I've been talking to my mom. Mm. They ask you if, you sound, you, if you're from Texas. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I feel like when I'm around my family, I sound different, but. There that's why. Code switching, I guess. Switching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you think I'm from? I have no idea. Where are you from? Based on my voice, if you had to guess. Do you want me to say something else? No. Talking. No. Okay. I mean, you have you you are very clearly from North America. That's true. <laughs> Check That's me out. true. Um, my guess is that you're from somewhere west of here. West of here? Yeah. Am I wrong? You're from. The why? East. Uh, why do you say that? Um, because you're there's like a little space in your vowels. You like take a little. Really to say, interesting. I'm from Omaha, born you're and from raised. Omaha. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
what how what did you mean like west of here like Colorado, like Colorado. Yeah, really that's what I was thinking hmm. interesting but that's cool that you can shows what I know. well yeah I mean <laughs> maybe cool. my mom Born lived in Colorado for a little bit oh cool so maybe that was it yeah, I'm sure. I'll uh, take credit for yeah. that. <laughs> Your mom's from Colorado. That's where he gets the space in those vowels yeah. from his mom. Yeah, totally. You're from Omaha. Yeah. Do you think That's that cool. there's an Omaha accent? Like, what, if you I don't were going to tell me what it is, what would it be? You don't know? I, I don't really know because everything else to me is an accent, yes. and Omaha is just normal, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's hard to say what it would be. I guess like the lack of things yeah. makes it an accent, maybe. <laughs> it makes it know. yours. Yeah. Your personal accent, your idiolect. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Does that mean that, so you came here to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Have you traveled much besides that? Oh, a fair amount, yeah. But not, I feel like not enough that it would influence like my dialect probably. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. These are things I will be thinking about for months to come, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, cool. this was all really interesting. I really, truly think I'm going to be thinking about it forever. So thank you for giving us so many cool pieces of information. Thanks for having about. me. Of course. Yeah. questions. I, w- I want to know more about YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks for these questions. This is fun. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you so much. Cool. You're welcome. Anything else you want to plug or anything before we wrap it up? Oh, what do I want to plug? If you want voice lessons, go to voicerealize.com. Amazing. Um, Dracula is coming up. Come see Nebraska Repertory's Dracula. Or just come, just look up the rep anyway. We're going to have a full season of shows next oh, year. Wow. Um, which is very exciting. Yeah. And, and get to know your voice. Everybody? Relax. I'll, I'll turn, yeah, turn on my, no- my voiceover voice. Yeah. Get to know your voice. Join us at voicerealize.com. Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> well, you heard it here crystal clear first. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thanks again. Sweet. As